Hello and welcome to the September Mind and Soul podcast. In this issue we look at the topic of vicious circles, how some people seem to spiral their life downwards in ever-decreasing circles, but if used correctly, these circles can be unwound so that our lives can achieve the levels they were at before, or maybe even greater heights. program today? Well, today we're going to be talking a little bit about vicious circles. And I think, um, you know, Rob, this is something that you're really going to be teaching me. Um, I've struggled a little bit in my life personally with the idea of vicious circles. I kind of get a bit anxious about something and then find myself um, thinking in a very circular way mm. and maybe employing some safety behaviours. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I found that quite hard. I was wondering, can you, can you tell me, um, what is a vicious circle? Right. Oh, well, we're into this one then. Um, vicious circles, vicious circles. One of the things that strikes me in, in, in my work is I see a lot of people who they come in and, and I'll say something to them like, uh, okay, what, what's the matter? And they'll say something like, well, four years ago I lost my job and things have never been right since. Or um, I've had three marriages and it's never quite worked out. Or I was brought up in this awful home environment and I've never really been happy with myself. And... I suppose you, you, you can spend quite a lot of time talking about the past um, and, and trying to unpack the past, and that is important. But often I suppose I find that um, it's not so much the things that happened, but how people have begun to behave as a result of those things afterwards that's important. So, so a good example might be, for example, let's supposing that you were... Do you remember the Batman film where he he fell down a well when he was a young boy? Sure. Okay, and this thing happened when he was young. And ever since then, he's had a fear of of bats and a fear of sort of dark places. And it's just grown well beyond wells. You know, okay. it's not just wells, it's, it's, it's bats and it's, it's dark places. And, and anything that even vaguely reminds him of that, he'll, he'll tend to avoid. Okay. Um, and as a result, he's never actually challenged that or lived that since and he's living this sort of restricted life um well that's a, perhaps a, an example from a film but another example might be someone who who maybe had had a very critical bullying experience at school okay. and yes that was extremely painful but as a result they now live a very very solitary life and so an example of a vicious circle in that situation might be someone who's who's at home all the time uh, they're not making very many phone calls, let's say. Okay. They're, they're not inviting anyone round yeah. because they don't know anyone. And then as a result of that, they feel quite lonely okay. and no one's phoning them, which is not really surprising because they're not phoning anyone. And then as a result of them feeling lonely, they get quite depressed. Yeah. And then as a result of being depressed, they get quite tired and you feel physically tired. And if, almost the less you do, the more tired you feel in that kind of situation. And then because you feel tired, you haven't got any energy and you don't want to go to the big effort of inviting someone round because all you want to do is sleep. And you find that after time, you, you've sort of lost touch even with the people who perhaps you were friends with before. And you've you've ended up just in this cycle of tiredness and loneliness and depression and right. I'm feeling worse reduced, and worse. Ac- reduced activity. <laughs> it does, it, you know, it's almost depressing yeah, yeah. just it, thinking it, it about it. I mean, in a way, it sounds more like a corkscrew than it does a circle, mm. in a way. I mean, mm. so, 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 the, so the circle kind of goes round and round and actually becomes more and more self-limiting. Yes. And, and becomes harder and harder to kind of break out of. 
interesting. And, and how the, the, the initial kind of stimulus for this, is that remembered? I mean, is that still important? I think it is, I think it is remembered. It is remembered. So, like, you know, the, the, this person maybe perhaps they're going out to work, you know, they're getting to their desk at work and they put their nose down at their desk, but they're, they're coming home in the evenings. And, yeah, maybe it is remembered. Maybe, maybe they do remember you know, the, the, the ridicule that they had in the past or the awful experience they had in the past. But I suppose one of the things that I'd, I'd want to get across is they do remember that, and they also remember what they tried to do to okay. make that go right. They, they thought, well, that, I really got hurt by that event. So what I'm going to try to do now is I'm going to try to avoid situations where I got hurt. And, I mean, it's, it's very easy if we describe this person who's not doing a great deal, yeah. to think that all you ought to do is go up to them and say, come on, get a grip, why don't you go out and about? Oh, yeah. Classic, that's something they always say in churches, isn't it? Well, Pull yourself together. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Sort of thing. stiff upper lip. Quite unhelpful. All these kind of things. And I think the thing I always try to remember is if someone is stuck in this vicious circle or at the bottom of this vicious corkscrew, that they thought they were doing the right thing. Okay. And maybe at the beginning... They thought they were doing the right thing. So if someone was humiliated, was really affected or bullied or something like that, from one point of view, a really sensible thing to do is just avoid that. Yeah, yeah. You know, once burned, twice shy, sure. better safe than sorry. We've got all these parables that people use to, to describe this. And it seemed like a really, really good idea at the time. But over time, it's kind of taken over. And I think, I think most people who are in that situation can kind of see that it's taken over. Okay. They maybe just don't know how to unwind it or, or how to get out of it. You've mentioned avoidance quite a few times. Mm. Um, so describe avoidance and what, what that behaviour is like. Well, avoidance, like I say, avoidance seems like a really good idea. Yeah. You know, if you're scared of spiders, then avoid spiders. And that's okay. And there's loads of people in the UK who are scared of spiders. And, you know, because we don't have huge numbers of spiders in the UK, avoiding spiders is okay. And if there is a big spider, you get, you know, the man next door to come around and get rid of it. Or you get someone else to clean behind the toilet or something. And so being scared of spiders is not a particularly limiting phobia. But if you're scared of people or if you're yeah. scared of, ridicule or critical comments and as a result you you hide yourself away from anything that could possibly result in any kind of comment or failure then that's really going to be quite limiting absolutely i mean i'm quite scared of spiders well i don't tell my wife that but i do find it <laughs> a bit terrifying so uh, but i can avoid spiders my wife avoids them more than i do i can avoid them but obviously the idea that you might have to avoid people mm. i mean that's extremely limiting I, mm. uh, i'm a church leader you're you're a clinical psychiatrist you know we spend our lives with people i can't imagine what it'd be like to start feeling afraid of people and what people would say but mm. i do understand as a church leader that there are a number of people who come uh, to church and do find the experience quite difficult just because there's such a large number of people all around and they do wonder what mm. people might be thinking about them. Mm. Um, so it's interesting that you say that avoidance behaviour is, is quite negative. Now, um, what, what, what do you think, uh, what, what's the kind of the best approach um, to start working out of that sort of vicious circle? Yeah, I think, I think the starting point has to be to realise that at one point this behaviour was sensible. Okay, so, for example, let's supposing you were a child growing up in a household that was very violent and very abusive, 
Uh, and, you know, you, you may have at that point in your life decided that it's better to be a quiet child, okay? It's yeah. better to stay out of trouble. Children should be seen and not heard. And from, from that point of view, you know, at the age of six in that child, it, that was a really wise strategy, yeah. or so it seemed. And also, if you have been bullied at school, you know, at one level it's wise to do that. So I think the first thing you have to do is to realise that it's not necessarily, you haven't necessarily been naughty or foolish or, or, or sinful in, in, in ending up in this place because it, it seemed like the right thing to do. And, um, but I think the thing that has to happen after that is that there has to be an understanding that that strategy is now no longer appropriate. Um, so, for example, it may have worked once upon a time, but as life has moved on, it's no longer appropriate because things have changed sure. and people are not violent or alcoholic around you anymore. Or um, it's spiralled down and it, it's generalised and it's become far bigger than it ever was. And I think that, to me, is the first point, is to, is to, is to realise why you're doing the things you're doing, but also that it's no longer helpful and, and that you want to start unwinding the spiral. Sure, it's quite interesting. So what you're saying really is that the boundaries of these things aren't neutral. The, the more we give in to them, the more they crowd yep. in and the less related they are yep. to the real sort yes. of intelligent nature of what we were trying to do. Yes, and I think, I think there's, um, you know, speaking as a Christian, I think there's a sort of principle that Scripture teaches us ab ab about this that, that, that basically says that... Um, this will happen, this will tend to happen. And what one of the verses I'm thinking at is, is here in, in Matthew 16. I'm just turning to it, Matthew 16, verse 25. And what that is, Jesus, Jesus is teaching, and he says, whoever wants to save their life will lose it. And I think one of the things Jesus is saying in that life, whoever wants to save their life is, will lose it. And yes, partly he's talking about people being independent and away from God, but I think he's talking about something bigger. He's talking about... Humans have a tendency to try to manage their lives. And the way that humans usually choose to manage their lives is usually unhelpful at some level. So people may do a whole bunch of things that are nothing to do with mind and soul, like you know, they may decide to go for a big job in the city and earn loads of money. And while there's nothing wrong with that, that, that can take you away from God. And I think, I think that's what I was saying about people. People start off vicious circles because they're trying to save their life. Yeah. They, they, they've been humiliated at work or they had an awful childhood and it seemed like a really sensible thing to do. But what Jesus says is that if you try to save your own life, you will lose it. Yeah. And humans, because we're fallen human beings, because we're sinners, our strategies for survival are always going to be flawed and, and, and quite often backfire. And certainly I know lots of people who, who've tried really hard to do stuff and it's kind of backfired on them. Mm. And what Jesus goes on to say is he says, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. And I think that's the, the second stage in it is to say, this life I've tried to save for myself has spiraled out of control. It's no longer appropriate. And the techniques I've used are no longer appropriate. So, so what I want to do with Jesus's help is lose that life, put that life behind me, put that life down. And with Jesus' help, and this is one of the things that we want to try and do at Mind and Soul, begin to unwind that corkscrew. Begin to put things back into something that's more helpful and, and find, find our lives again. 
So that's really helpful. Yeah, I love the idea of um, kind of like releasing yourself, abandoning yourself to Jesus. Mm. And I think I, I guess it is the opposite to avoidance behaviour mm. um, is actually mm. abandoning yourself to the danger. Now. Rob, presumably for people who are sort of currently listening, maybe they're feeling a bit entrenched, they realize that what they're doing isn't very logical or isn't very helpful, and maybe it's not very beneficial. Uh, they might still say that they feel a strong compulsion to do what they're doing, or they might find it extremely hard to change their behavior. How, how are they supposed to move forward, even though they know that they want to? Well, what should they try and do? Definitely, definitely. I think, I think the, the, the keys are there in that verse. The keys are there in that verse. The, the first key is to realize that life has been lost. You started out trying to save your life, but life has been lost. And I guess the process of listening to a podcast like this or perhaps going to see a counselor or a therapist, you know, w- what you're doing in some shape or form is you're saying, I've come to a dead end. I've come to a point where I realize that my strategies are not working. So I think, I think the, fir- the, the person who's, who's wanting to move on, the first thing they have to say is, I am not currently succeeding in this area. And, and really be quite clear about themselves to that. Not guilty, because they were doing the right thing once upon a time, or okay. it seemed like a good idea, but, but to say, this isn't working, and, and really be very clear about that. And when their their mind tries to get them to go back to their old way of thinking to say to them no i'm not going back there because i know where that road leads i'm not going back there so so working on personal motivation for change is important um the the second part of that verse says whoever loses their life for me for me is important so so what we've got in jesus is is someone who understands he's he's been down here to earth he understands what it means to be in the midst of all these mixed emotions and temptations and that kind of thing but also there's the holy spirit and you know you said there that the holy spirit is the alongside presence he's he's the counselor the comforter you know and i think a lot of people think they're in this struggle by themselves but they're not they're in it with the holy spirit who wants them to live life in all their fullness and they're also in it with the local church community so I'd encourage people to try to be open, perhaps get a friend who can support them or who can coach them or they can be accountable to, to do it with, and that's with Jesus as well. And um, the third thing in that verse, he says, is, is that you, it's to find it. Whoever seeks to lose his life will, will, will find it. And it's not found like it sort of suddenly drops from heaven and all of a sudden things are absolutely perfect. This is a spiral that needs to be unwound we need to move from darkness into light. Um, things are found in increasing levels of certainty as we go on through life. And if you talk to someone who's recovering from depression, what they'll say is they find new things every day or every month. And even three or four years down the line, and perhaps they would say they haven't been depressed for two or three years, they're still finding stuff. They're still finding new truths, still fighting little skirmishes, little battles here and there. So so I suppose I'd want to emphasize that it's a, it's a process of unwinding the spiral. So, so little steps, little steps at a time. Pick something you think you can do that's quite a small thing, maybe smaller than you want to do, and pick something that is deliberately quite a small thing and do that and really get on top of that and don't try and do the next thing until you're almost bored with doing the first thing. Okay, so it's a patient, really patient journey. Patient accompanied 
journey. Excellent, fantastic. Rob, that's really, really helpful. Um, and, uh, and, and I hope that helps uh, our listeners today. I hope you find that a really helpful start on your journey out of vicious cycles. For more information, please see our website, www.mindandsoul.info.